Ready? Yep. Here we go. We're One, doing it. One, two, three. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Latara. Hi, I'm Laura. And this is Passions, Passions Podcast. Podcast. We are on episode 39 of the podcast. Yay. And today we're going to be talking about episodes 69 and 70 of Passions. That's cool, right? We're like close to the end of season one yeah because yeah. you said season one is 100 episodes yeah season one's only 100 right. episodes we're 70 percent of the way there we're almost there, Ugh, almost there. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be at this for years Decades. of our lives until we're in forever. our 40s we're gonna be doing <laughs> this <laughs> okay so yeah we got to think of figure out a format yeah. situation because yeah. <laughs> this is gonna take so long well, if we do four episodes a week, which is what we're doing right now, yeah. you know, that's almost keeping pace with the show. Yeah. Which yeah. was 10 years long. <laughs> oh, my God. 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 Oh, no. We've started something that. Oh no! We, should, we cannot commit to. <laughs> We're not gonna finish it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll try our best. We'll All right, our, we'll do what we can. Until you know what, we'll do this until we lose interest in it, or until all of our listeners stop listening. It, whichever comes first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, going boy. on. All right, we so talk episode about sixty-nine. Yeah, that's what I'm okay. saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I was trying to. You kept talking and saying stuff about. How long the show is. Well, you were doing that. Okay. Not me. I wasn't I upset about anything. I didn't accuse you of anything. I don't know <laughs> why. I feel, I feel like all of a sudden you're trying to manipulate me like Sheridan and Luis. I'm trying to do a K thing. Yeah. I'm trying on a new K skin. You like it? No. <laughs> Get out of that K skin, Ed Gein. Stop trying to wear Kay's face. Lord Jesus. Passions episode 69 opens at the Crane Mansion where Ethan has just told Teresa, I know why you're crying, Teresa. It's because I said something about getting married to Gwen. And I was like, oh, Lord, is this like a weird fantasy? But no, he, he keeps going. And he's like, you started crying when I mentioned marrying Gwen. And I know how... I shouldn't have said that because I know how you feel, he says to her. Yeah. He's like, and she's like, you know how I feel? He's like, of course. Your eyes are so expressive and you're so beautiful and all of these things. And then the punchline is that she f was crying because she was thinking about her own wedding. It makes no sense. Yeah. You take weddings so seriously and have planned yours so meticulously that discussion of any wedding other than your own brings you to tears. Makes no sense. What? Yeah, I don't know. I, like, I, okay, so he's telling her all these things and <laughs> that well, she's crying because she's like his sisters. You already have your whole wedding planned out, just like my sisters, and they don't even know who they're going to marry yet. And she's like, you think of me like your sister? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, fuck, how do I get out of this one? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I mean, basically, yeah. I mean, oh God, Ethan. But then he's talking about how beautiful she is. And don't even try to tell me you don't have a boyfriend. Not just a boyfriend, many boyfriends. Yeah. Like you've got to be dating all the boys at school. And, and she's like, no, I really don't. I'm really not. And he's like, 
you're telling me there's not one special guy in your life, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'm sure it is. Describe him to me. Tell me who it is. Yeah. He's badgering her about it. It's weird because she's like, no, I'm not. I'm, you know, there might be one person. And he says, oh, tell me who the special guy you're saving yourself for. Ugh. Tell me about him. Who is he? Oh, I have a fun game. Why don't I try to guess? Yeah, she, he's like, if you describe him, I bet I can figure out who he is. But Ethan doesn't know anybody in this town besides the Lopez Fitzgeralds. Yeah, he went away for school and has been like been back in Harmony for summers sometimes. He certainly doesn't know the peasant class. He doesn't know anybody. High school students. No. He doesn't know anybody it's in this town. It's just an excuse for him to talk to a beautiful teenage girl. It's, it's weird. creepy. Yeah. It's Frank Lomax all over again. Yeah, it is. <sighs> yeah. So while he's like badgering her about her crush, Pilar interrupts and is like, Mr. Crane or Ethan, Gwen is downstairs. And he's like, oh, yeah, Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gwen. Oh, yeah, Gwen the cuck. And she's like, should I send her up? And he's like, yeah, that's fine. Send her on up. So, she, so Pilar leaves to send Gwen up. And he continues to like badger Teresa, describe him to me. Who's the special guy? Me, tell me things about him. It's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's so weird. And then Gwen comes up, but instead of coming directly into the room, which they're all in Ivy's room, by the way, oh, they're yeah. just hanging out in Ivy's room. But instead of coming into the room right away, she like stands outside and listens in, eavesdrops, you know, because mm-hmm. she's like, what's this little minx up to, <laughs> you know? So she overhears them talking about weddings, which makes her feel very smiley because of her own, well, they haven't really made the engagement official, but her own upcoming wedding to Ethan. And uh, Gwen goes from suspicious to very happy because she overhears Ethan talking about one day marrying her which makes her feel much more secure because she's been feeling really insecure Mm -hmm. around Teresa and all of the uh, attention that Ethan has been paying to her. Yeah. He, she overhears him saying that he loves her and that she's the only person for him. And one day he's going to marry her and, and tells Teresa that she, he already proposed to her, but she said no and explains everything that happened. And Teresa's like, well, why did she say no? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, what do you think happened? Like, you know, she's trying to pry a little bit. But then Gwen comes in before Teresa can incriminate herself too much. Because right. I feel like Teresa was about to head down a bad road. Yeah, I think Gwen, if Gwen had stayed outside a minute longer, all of her worst fears would have been confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> like, she she came in at exactly the right time to, to keep everything intact. <laughs> yeah. So she comes in and they talk about wedding stuff and yeah. whatever. And uh, I think Gwen tells Teresa, maybe when Ethan and I start to plan our wedding, you can help. Yeah. You can plan like, our wedding. What? Girl, no. Bye. What the fuck? I, whatever. It, what? So then Gwen and Ethan go out and Pilar comes in and to talk to Teresa. Ooh, and Pilar is like trying her best she puts her foot down a lot more than usual she tells her daughter to knock it off she does put her foot down more than usual but teresa ups the ante like teresa ups the crazy i didn't know it was possible (laughs) i didn't know it was possible so what does that what does this conversation sound like it sounds like pilar saying teresa you have to stop doing this you are going to get yourself in a world of hurt and teresa's response is Ethan thinks I'm beautiful. 
And he <laughs> thinks I'm beautiful. And Pilar's like, rich people have arranged marriages. This has been set from birth. Get it out of your head. You're only going to suffer from massive heartbreak. And Teresa goes to the mirror and says, and touches her face and goes, Ethan thinks I'm beautiful. Yeah. It's like <laughs> examining her face in the mirror. And the mistake Pilar made also was like, Telling her that this they this marriage is basically arranged because then Teresa gets it in her head mm-hmm. that Ethan has had no choice in the matter and that he is trapped by Gwen. <laughs> and then she tries to backtrack and explain that that's not really the case, but Teresa won't hear it. But then Pilar is like, Teresa, you will never be Ethan's wife. Yeah. She's like, your dreams are unrealistic mm-hmm. and you're courting disaster. He's committed to Gwen. And Teresa's like, he's not committed to Gwen. Not until that rings on her finger and they've said their vows basically in, yep. in her mind. She's like, no. Yep. She's like, I still got time. She says that. I have. She, there's still time for my dream to come true. I still have time. I just have to figure out what I'm going to do. Yeah. What? Teresa? What? Like, these two women are having two completely different conversations. Yeah. And they intersect at one point and then, like, diverge again. <laughs> like, Teresa's talking to herself and Pilar's talking to herself. Teresa. These two. Teresa. The Lopez Fitzgerald women. Ugh. The whole family, really. The whole family. So that's what has happened at the Crane Mansion. Should we go to the youth center? Before we do, I just want to say that Ethan gets on the phone with a jeweler. Oh, Yeah. He's like, yes, this is Ethan Crane. I'd like to talk about a wedding ring yeah. or an engagement ring. Yeah. Like, because that's what you do. You call the jeweler. You don't go and look at them. Yeah. Was was the jeweler going to say, like, oh, I'm going to describe this ring to you over the phone. Right. I don't know. Unless he was going to bring over, like, a selection. I, maybe maybe it's, like, a really nice jeweler, so you have to, like, make an appointment. So he's maybe that's Ethan what he's Crane. doing. Maybe he's calling and making an appointment. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Kind of like, you remember in Crazy Rich Asians when um, at the very beginning, um, Astrid is going to that back room of that jeweler? Yeah. Like, although she probably just showed up. I don't know. I mean, I But I assume like you have to call ahead of they time. They keep all the specialty items that yeah. only like super wealthy people can afford in a special vault or something. I yeah. Don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. But uh, yeah, so this whole thing has kind of prompted Ethan to speed along the engagement process. Yeah. yeah. So Teresa has a little bit of time. She, yeah. She, you might not have as much time as you think you have. All right. So let's go over to the youth center. Yes? Yes. All right. Over the youth center, Luis is suspicious of how Sheridan got so good at basketball overnight. I'm suspicious. <laughs> it is suspicious. Even the explanation they've get, given is uh, doesn't do anything to alleviate my suspicion. Nope. It I'm, doesn't make any sense. I'm suspicious. Bitch, is this magic? What sorcery is this? <laughs> is Maybe Tabitha... She... Oh, uh, nope. Not Tabitha. Maybe Tabitha's powers got, like... Put into Sheridan by mistake. Maybe Sheridan oh, has yeah. powers and has no clue. Tabitha's magic was dispersed yeah, to the and, town of Harmony. And sprinkled out over different people in Harmony. Mm. <laughs> I, don't I like know. this theory. It's it's wrong. I still like it. But, um, yeah, he's like, good job. You won. Mm-hmm. You know, she's kind of gloating. And he kind of walks off. They don't really have much of a conversation. Yeah, he just kind of, he's like, congratulations, and then, like, leaves. He's like, like, where did he go? And he seems fairly gracious about it, but he's like, yeah. okay, it's kind of odd that you 
were able to beat me, but okay. He's like, I got the impression yesterday that you knew nothing about the game, you know? Yeah. And she's like, well, that'll teach you to underestimate me. She says, that'll teach you to underestimate women. She takes this from being about her and Luis to being like, Luis is a misogynist who doesn't like women, and this will teach him about all women. Which is not far from true. the case. Not yeah, true. Luis so is a lot of case. things, but he's not sexist. Yeah. Not any more sexist than every the other general man, man in 1999. Yeah. yeah. So Hank comes in and Sheridan runs up to him and says, you'll never believe it. And she gives him a hug. I beat Luis on in one on one. And Hank's like, really? <laughs> she says to Hank, I hope you're ready to celebrate my victory over oppression. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she says to Hank. <laughs> that is exactly what she says to Hank. And he's like, huh, that seems weird. Yeah. You know, and then Luis excuses himself. And Sheridan gloats more about beating Luis and how hopefully she knocked him down a peg and he's the most arrogant person she's ever met. And, I mean, she was really going in on him. Mm-hmm. And Hank, you know, I'm starting to Hank, like Hank a little bit more. Yeah. I really am. Hank acts, Hank's whole point is to act as a buffer between Luis and Sheridan. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Hank says to her, he's like, you got him all wrong. Luis isn't as bad as you think he is, and you don't know anything about him. Like, Mm -hmm. his story, he's been through a lot, and you you have no clue about it. Not only do you have no clue, but he's one of the most promising young men I've ever seen. He showed so much more promise than me, and yet because of the choices and sacrifices he made for his family – he is here and I've been able to travel the world and explore. He's like, it doesn't really make sense how our lives panned out, but it's led you to believe that he's the person that he is not. Yeah. And he also says, she also like says something about his accomplishments in high school. Like, I know he was captain of the basketball team and he was valedictorian, all this yada, 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 but we're not, he's not in high school anymore. It's like, bitch. She's awful sometimes. Sheridan is really awful. Considering she's sitting there complaining about how we're not in high school anymore and doing it while acting like a high schooler is pretty ironic. Yeah. So Hank kind of tells Sheridan more about Luis and the sacrifices that he has made for his family. And I think she feels a little bad. Yeah, I think... uh... But she's still not on board fully. No, she's not. You know, they can't, I mean, they can't get her on board already. It's episode 69, and we have 2,000 episodes to get these two people together. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's going to be a slow process. Well, then Luis comes back. What does Luis have? He has a box for Sheridan. He has a little surprise. He's like, open it up. See what's in it. It's a special thing for you. It's a trophy. He, the reason he left is because he went into the back room where he has an engraver and trophies, and he made her a trophy for winning the one-on-one game. Yeah, what did it say? Like Sheridan Crane champion or something Something, like that? I didn't write it down, but yeah, something to that effect. And she was like, I've never won anything. I've never won anything in my life, (laughs) is what she says. She was really touched. Bitch, you won the lottery. You're a crane. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, you have nothing but privilege, power, and wealth, and beauty. Yeah, you don't need to win anything. You don't need to. You you won the biggest jackpot there is to win. Yeah, but she's really touched by this gesture. She really is. And Luis leaves and hank looks at sheridan and is basically like i told you so (laughs) yeah told you he's not a bad guy 
Told you so. He's yeah. all right. Luis is all right. And then Robidori walks up. Yeah, because Sheridan sends Hank to go get Luis. She's like, can you go get Luis? I got something I need to tell him. I need to explain this because now I feel bad because he's being so gracious. He gave me a trophy. I need to tell him what's really going on here. So Hank goes to the locker room to get Luis because Sheridan does not want to repeat <laughs> when no, she walked oh in Lord. on him in the locker room. I mean, she does want to repeat, but she can't. She can't do it again. She can't tell her boyfriend that she wants to see his best friend naked. Hank is not her boyfriend. Yeah. Hank will never be her boyfriend. No. So Hank is not good enough for Sheridan. He's not, but they're dating. They went on a date. He sh- Okay, whatever. <laughs> He's obviously interested in her. He keeps talking about how beautiful she is. That doesn't mean they're dating. Oh, a- and she doesn't like him, really. Well, Remember, she forgot about their date. I don't remember that, but I believe you. He, call, he had to call her on the phone and was like, I'm just calling to make sure we're still on for our date. And she was like, our date? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she don't give a fuck about him. All right. Um, where, where were we? So he goes to get Luis. And Robert Ori does come in. And he's like, hey, Sheridan, just came by to see how the game went. How was the big game? Goodbye. (laughs) You know, he acted the way you'd expect an NBA player to act. I mean, although Michael Jordan was great in Space Jam. The guys who go in and do the the league are really good. Those are all NFL players. Like the TV show The League? I've never watched it. It's all improv and these like they have all these uh NFL like players come in and and do some some work and it's less stiff. (laughs) I think Maybe they just didn't give Robert Ori any kind of direction, any kind of help. Any kind of coaching. They just yeah. gave him the script and was like, here yeah. it is, and this is what you need to say. Re- memorize these memorize lines. Memorize these lines. Don't rehearse it. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. So he's he de- You know what? He delivered the lines. He de- Yeah, we got the information. Yeah. He, he gave us the information we and needed. And they keep giving him a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> like, they keep giving him material that drives the storyline forward. Yeah. Which seems a lot to, to place on someone who doesn't do this professionally, you know? Yeah. So he comes in, and she's like, you can't be here now. This is the worst possible time for you to be here. And he just continues to stand there. Yeah. He's like, I'm eight feet tall. Try and get me out of this yeah. place. I'll, I'll be where I want. And then Hank and Louise comes, come back, and Hank's like, Robert Ori of the Lakers. <laughs> and Louise is like, and Louise doesn't even acknowledge the man, doesn't speak to him. He just looks at Sheridan and is like, so this is how you did it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like this, this is great basketball player and a, a professional basketball player. You don't even speak to him when right. he like you don't even say like nice to meet you. And he was captain of the basketball team in high school. He coaches the league at the youth center. Like this is a big deal. Like, it's a big deal. Even, even if this person helped your nemesis defeat you in a game of one on one overnight like you would still acknowledge the person he would be overjoyed to see him right you know i don't even know who robert ori is but if i met him and somebody was like that's an nba player i'd probably be like can i get a picture yeah. you know like, <laughs> yeah. whatever so i can show people i don't know whatever <laughs> but robert leaves yeah. <laughs> he comes in ruins everything and, and leaves, leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lu- Luis and sheridan fight Oh, my God. Luis and Sheridan fight because Sheridan's like, I was going to tell you. I swear I was going to tell you that I took lessons and that's the only way I was able to beat you. And Luis is like, no, you weren't. You were going to keep it all a secret and let me pretend that 
or I'd pretend that this was your skill all along, and blah, blah, blah. You and that sleazy ex-boyfriend, what was his name, Jean-Luc, you two were perfect for each other. Like, Yeah, just, you deserved each you other. You deserved each other, and this pisses Sheridan off greatly. And it was an awful thing to it was say. was a low blow. Yeah, it was really low. Yeah, it was a low blow. I mean, it's a basketball game. Yeah, it's a, it's a basketball game. It's a friendly game, game of one-on-one with, a, with an absurd bet that neither one of you should have taken nearly as seriously as you did. There should have been no trophy. The whole thing is insane. So crazy. And now he's like talking about how her and her slug of an ex-boyfriend belong to each other. Right. And Sheridan still doesn't know that Jean-Luc is dead. Yeah, he blown blew up. to smithereens. But I'm glad that they brought him up again because maybe that means it's going to come up again. I wonder. I feel like there's no... They, I feel like they threw that in there to remind us remember Jean-Luc yeah I, I that kind of piqued my interest too I was yeah like, oh my god are so we maybe, bringing it back maybe it's not over Roger is coming to Harmony I baby. want look I want Roger to come to Harmony and cause some mayhem yes can you imagine I just blowing up shit all over the place I had really given up hope yeah me too like, I, I was really, like oh we're done with this yeah I thought we were done with it yeah. can you look if Hank is his operative I'm going to lose my fucking mind. I'm going to be so impressed <laughs> if he is. It's a great idea. It can't be. It's a great idea. It's too I love great it. an idea. I it love can't it. be real. I freaking love it. Because Roger, not to get off on this, but because remember Roger had that goon of his get all of the Americans, get like a list of all the people and where they were going on what flights. Yeah. And Hank showed up out of the blue randomly for no real reason yeah. and then he immediately starts looking himself up on the fbi database yeah. and we see that he's a wanted man yeah. i mean it just it, it makes, makes sense. sense it does it makes sense so anyway sheridan and louise are fighting and then sheridan says something that kind of took me aback which was <laughs> she can't wait to get her the rest of her 96 hours over with she's only worked four hours at the youth center <laughs> What? It has it has it been three months or has it not been three months? It's been three months, but uh, everyone powers down for days at a time. <laughs> <laughs> it's Westworld. Everybody's it's Westworld. Robots. Yeah. Oh. So they 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 live. They interact. They wake. They do that for you know eight hours, nine hours, and then they just shut down for two or three weeks for maintenance. What the fuck? And they bring them back. She's only see, and again, I was ready to give up on the time warp. Like I really was. I was like, I'm gonna let this go. I'm going to let it go. But then they do this bullshit. Right. Why would you give me a concrete number of hours that Sheridan has worked at the youth center? Four <laughs> hours does make sense. Four hours for we we're in what day seven. Yes, four hours makes sense. But we've seen her at the youth center a lot. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense. We, But we've seen her at the youth center basically two days. Oh, that's true. Two hours each day. I, you know, I, it's just... It's, yeah. I, 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 whatever. Again, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. It's just that they brought it up this time, not me. That's, this yeah. wasn't my fault. They did it. But we have to let it go. And I had to make... I mean, I had to say something about it. It, it had to be said. I understand. <laughs> it is a flummoxing situation. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Okay. So Sheridan has 96 more hours to work at the youth center. 
And at this rate, she will be done with her work at the youth center by 2008. She'll be done with her work at the youth center by the time we finish the podcast. Yeah. And <laughs> 10 years from now. She's going to do like one minute of work every day. And after, as soon as she's done with her next 96 hours, she's on the next Concorde flight back to Paris. That's, That's what she right. said. She's getting the fuck out of here. Back to gay Paris. Yep, she's getting on out. So who else is at the youth center? Oh, I don't know. I didn't write anything. Chad and Simone. Chad and Simone is still at the youth center. And Chad, Simone, and Chad shows Simone his inheritance that piece of newspaper with his name on it that's what he keeps calling it <laughs> his, his inheritance, inheritance. <laughs> it's my uh what you call it oh yeah inheritance man <laughs> oh god okay whatever the whatever the direction for chad was is kind of annoying i don't yeah. know what the whoever i don't know because i can't imagine that actor decided to be a caricature yeah of what a white person like thinks that. of uh, a person is who's grown up in a city it's a it's my inheritance man yeah what yeah excuse me yeah he's a 90s teenager yeah but okay so he shows her the newspaper and some and he's kind of itching to get out of harmony he's like i'm you know what this isn't for me and she's like no if you have family here we should find them i'll help you blah 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 and then they go to the hospital mm-hmm. yeah she uh insists that all like death certificates and birth records and all of this information will be on register at the hospital and you can just look it up well her mom works there so oh. i think they're hoping that she can leverage some of her name or some of the resources that are available to her mom to be able to go look things up they don't really explain that but that makes sense to me oh okay. those are some assumptions that i have made oh okay so all right. so that but that is why they go is so that chad can go and look through the records yeah and they get there and other things are happening at the hospital when they get there. Yeah. So let's talk about the hospital. Yeah. So the big thing being discussed right now is Charity and her memory loss. Charity has amnesia. Charity has amnesia. Right. So Miguel is worried because Charity is afraid of him, but only when she finds out his name. Uh, and and uh, whatever. It, it's so annoying but grace <laughs> grace has come to the hospital now so we've got uh grace and eve and then miguel and Kay and charity is in the bed right mm -hmm. and uh grace and miguel are all hopeful that things will improve of course Kay is doubtful and doesn't want that but underlying all of this is grace who's very worried that charity is going to suffer from amnesia in the same way that Grace did, and that years of her life will be erased. So anyway, Eve goes in and does like a, 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 another examination. I mean, how many examinations does she have to do personally? <laughs> she keeps going in. Like, shouldn't they run some tests? Yeah, I, whatever. It's, I don't know. They're not, but they're not running any tests or doing any blood work or doing Maybe any Maybe they are scans. and we just don't know. Maybe. Cause Eve she, comes in to talk to Charity they hear, like to get she wants to learn what Charity remembers and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, like, she has to come in and talk to her. And every time she wakes up, they, they're they hoping that she knows something new, mm. I think, is what it is. I'm sure they did all kinds of tests and stuff. But, like, if the only thing that's wrong with her is that she doesn't remember anything. It's just that every single time Eve excuses herself from a conversation, she says, I have to go do an examination for Charity. Mm -hmm. That's what which, she's doing. And Eve is constantly bopping in and out of that room. 
Like it's so it's every two minutes. Oh, another examination. I don't know. It doesn't matter really. But but anyway, Eve uh, now thinks that it might be time to introduce Grace. She's hoping that it will trigger some memories. Yeah, because remember, Charity woke up and was at one point was like screaming, "Mom, Mom, Mother!" And then Eve asks her, "Did you say this already? Did I zone out?" Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> Eve goes in and talks to Charity and asks her, like, why were you screaming for your mother? Do you remember your mother? And she was like, I don't really remember, but I do know we were really close. And then Eve asks her, do you know why you're in the hospital? Do you know why, like, what happened to you and your mother? And she's like, no, I don't remember that. And then Eve tells her she spoke to a specialist and that there may be a way for her to get her memory back. But then we never go any further with that. So, okay. And then Eve comes out and tells everyone what's going on with Charity. And then bring, tells Grace, maybe it's time for you to see Charity because hopefully it'll trigger a memory. Mm-hmm. Because she is remembering her mother. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Kind of. Kind yeah. of. So when Grace comes in, she says, she comes in, she goes, it's me, Charity. Yeah. Grace. Like, why would you say that? Grace. So she sits down on the bed and Charity doesn't, <laughs> this is what I wrote. First, Charity doesn't recognize Grace, but then she thinks she's her mom, and then she thinks she's not her mom, and she's really upset. <laughs> like that's what, this poor girl has goes through so many emotions at once. Yeah, it was. I actually got really sad for Charity. Yeah, I was feeling and Grace. I was feeling sad for them both. Yeah, it was really sad because you know Grace is now tasked. So Charity wakes up and thinks that she's seeing her mother, which. I mean, how amazing would that be? You wake up from the in a hospital. You don't know anyone around you. You are you can't remember anything. You have vague memories of your parent, and then oh, she walks in the room and is sitting on the bed. Like how how fucking amazing would that be? Mm. You know. And then Grace has the horrible job of explaining, "I'm not your mother. We are really afraid that she disappeared in this fire, and it and." The outcome doesn't look good. Yeah. But I am your family. I'm your aunt. And I love you. You know? And we're going to get through this together. I mean, my God. Yeah. These Ch- two. These two. Well, one girl and one woman. But she's like, why do you look like my mom? She's yeah. like, I'm your mom's identical twin sister. And she's like, I didn't know my mom had a sister. We do- She doesn't remember anything yeah. <laughs> important. She doesn't remember anything important. Yeah. So Charity breaks down, understandably, and is sobbing. And Miguel can't stand it. So he goes over to comfort her. And she lets him for a while. Yeah. And uh, Kay is over in the corner looking all angry. And she's like, no, it's going to work. It's going to work. And it works. And it works because Miguel's like, it's me, Miguel. And Charity says, oh, no. She says, who are you? And he says, it's me. I'm Miguel. And she goes, no. And she pushes him away. I have to stay away from you. Just, I need to stay away from you. Just leave me alone. I have to stay away from you. I want my oh, mom. My God is so, oh, my God. Poor Charity. Poor Charity. And Even Kay though she's is, annoying, but. Kay couldn't be happier. She's gleeful. Oh, she's the worst. She's the worst. The worst. And then you just have poor, sad charity. I want my mom. Yeah, Eve basically says, you know, eventually we're going to get to the bottom of things. We're going to figure it all out. Because Miguel doesn't understand it. Because it doesn't make sense, you know, why charity is afraid of 
the name Miguel, but not the person Miguel necessarily. Mm-hmm. And so they all have questions. Why can't she remember anything? What's going on? Why can why does she know she's afraid of Miguel? And so Eve's like, look, we're going to keep doing examinations. We'll get to the bottom of it. And so then everyone kind of scatters and is doing their thing. And Eve spots Simone. Right. And she apologizes for like being so hard on her this morning and tells her, you know, a mother just wants to protect her children. And I just promise me you'll stay away from that boy and yeah. all of these things. And Simone's just like, but mom, you don't even know him. And she's like, trust me on this. A mother knows. Yada, yada, yada. But Simone's not going to listen. Simone's not going to listen. But I do like this moment because Eve is like, you know, I love you and you can tell me anything. And I hope that you always feel that you can confide in your mother because I I have so much love for you. Yeah. I thought that was sweet because we're finally getting to see her, like, Simone's parents loving her Mm -hmm. because... Giving her any attention. For a long time, it was all about Whitney. Yeah. Well... And then she tells her, then Eve tells her, yeah, I'm, I wish I could have dinner with you girls tonight. And and she's like, Simone's like, oh, why aren't you going to be home? And she's like, oh, well, your father and I are going to dinner at the Cranes. Like, mm-hmm. And Simone's like, you're going to have dinner at the Crane Mansion? Wow. That's cool. And Eve's like, uh, yeah, we're go- so we'll be there for dinner, blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm-hmm. So now Simone knows that her parents aren't going to be home. And she gets a little idea in her head. She asks her mom, she says, is it okay if I have someone over for dinner, if I have someone over tonight? And (laughs) Eve goes, someone, someone like who? Kay? And Simone goes, Kay will definitely be invited. (laughs) Jesus, She picks her words so carefully, like Pilar. Also, I don't know, if if I was Eve, I would have said, like, Kay will be invited. Who else? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. who are your friends it doesn't seem like like you know your kid Simone doesn't seem to have any other friends yeah it's just her and you know? Kay so like, who else is coming yeah so she, but Eve doesn't ask any questions she's like sure honey enjoy yourself so now Simone comes up with this plan to have Chad over for dinner yeah yeah, yeah. so Kay comes over after Eve leaves and says to Simone like I heard, I overheard your mom talking to you about Chad and you're not going to listen to her, right? Boys are more important than family. You're not going to listen to your parents' advice about this. That's basically exactly what she said. Yeah. <laughs> now you understand that boys are so, how, how important boys are. <laughs> what is she talking? This poor misguided child. Yeah. Boys are not important. No. Especially at that age. No, those boys are not important. It's, no, that's not fair. Those boys are not important to to those girls because those boys are not interested in them. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 Like yeah. you shouldn't give up your entire life for a boy. Yeah. And you sh- especially when that boy is attached and interested in some attached to and interested in somebody else. I should say boys are not that important. Yeah. <laughs> especially at that age. Right. Not that they aren't important. That they aren't that important. So important that you would like screw over your whole family. Right. To have a, a tenth of a percentage of a chance with a guy who has no interest in you old buddy old pal oh yeah he's not interested okay he's just not that into you oh lord so Kay and simone kind of come up with this plan to have a double date at simone's house they're gonna have dinner Kay comes up with the plan and makes simone go along with it let's be very true very true because simone was just gonna invite chad over for dinner and Kay, i think because she did say that Kay would be invited yeah and she probably 
if she did get caught, it looks really bad for you to be there by yourself mm-hmm. with a boy that your mom has specifically told you not to see, mm-hmm. you know, but if, if Kay and Miguel come, then she can say they brought Chad with yeah, them. Yeah, she can kind of get out of it a little. Yeah. So they make this plan to have dinner together, a foursome is what Kay yeah, calls it. Yeah, Kay's like, how about we make this dinner a foursome? Oh, good. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know if she didn't mean it that way. Yeah, but these boys don't know what they're getting in their, no. themselves into. No, they don't. They have no clue. Oh, Chad and Miguel. At least these two have met, and they were, like, fast friends, Chad and Miguel. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so then Eve is talking to Grace about their dinner with the Cranes, and that sh- after dinner, they should all meet back at Eve's house and so that they can work on a plan to help charity. Right. So everyone is going, everyone who's anyone is going to be at the Ro- Russell house tonight. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have the Russells. You're going to have the Bennetts. You're going to have Kay, Chad, Kay, Chad uh, Simone, Whitney. Miguel. Because she lives there. Miguel. Yeah. Basically, we're all going to congregate just in a new space. And uh, Eve is like, yeah, the girls can help us come up with a plan so we can transition charity into harmony with her family and all this other stuff. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Yep. So that's all for this episode, yes? Well, I mean, Kay Kay and Miguel leave, and then Chad comes up after turning up empty-handed because he went to the records to do a search on his family, and there was no – not a single Harris. Oh, yeah. And – the thing this is why early in the episode I was like he he can just do whatever he wants because he was in a room with a computer just like searching things like it's a library it's a hospital it's a hospital I know like the premise of it doesn't make sense it was almost like he was doing like he was searching through like microfiche at the library yeah but he was at the hospital I mean it it didn't it didn't make any sense you can't just search hospital records yeah I mean, certain things are public, and then you can, but you don't go to the hospital to, to do, do that. it. Right. No. no. Yeah. Okay. So, so he he doesn't have any luck looking into his family, which is unsurprising to me. But uh, he comes up to Simone and tells her what's going on, and that's when she invites him over to dinner and makes it official. And she's like, we can continue our search and see what we can find. And uh, I think he kind of knows what's going on, but he's going along with it. Yeah. He, he's he's a nice guy and what's he you know what's he gonna do turn down a free dinner yeah right he's got you know? three dollars to his name yeah and he's like sleeping at the youth center so yeah, yeah. all right so that's the end of episode 69 i don't know i said it like that well whatever you did so it, what's done is done people all right enjoy this message we'll be back with episode 70 Ooh. Ooh. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Passions Podcast Part 2. Sorry, I was making noise in the mic. I hope I didn't ruin your beautiful intro. You ruined it. You ruined the act, Job. The feast. <laughs> it's ruined. You remember those Snickers commercials? Yes. The Vikings in the little I, car? Yes. I do remember those it's commercials. It's ruined. I used to love that. Oh. I still do, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Snickers. I could go for a Snickers. I have some chocolate. Maybe I'll make a little. I have some chocolate. I have peanuts. You have some caramel? I, ha- I can make caramel. Caramel? You like halfway said caramel and I can caramel. make caramel. Do you say caramel or caramel? I say caramel. I and say- sometimes I say caramel. Chaz says caramel. And sometimes caramel. I say caramel. I say caramel. I think it depends on what I'm saying it about. Like I usually say like caramel apples. Yeah. But I say caramel I like if it's just caramel by itself, I think. Huh. 
And then they'll say like caramel sometimes. When you want to be fancy and impress <laughs> impress all the dignitaries around caramel. you. But you know, how do you make nougat? I should look up how you make nougat. I bet I can make a Snickers bar. Look at me all bon appetit over here. Have you, have you ever watched those those videos? I know. Where what they you're like make about. stuff in their test kitchen. Yeah, yeah. I saw one one time where this girl was making lucky charms and she was stressed the fuck out trying to make lucky charms. Gourmet lucky charms. I think that would be a stressful thing because then you got to like shape the little marshmallows and color them with the the different dye and all this other stuff. That's quite involved. I saw one one time too that was they made, she wanted to make flaming hot Cheetos or maybe it was just regular Cheetos, crunchy Cheetos. Or maybe it was Takis. It was not Takis. Maybe it wasn't even Cheetos. It was not Takis. I feel like Takis would be super easy to make. Because they're just tortilla, uh, like spice. really hard yeah. tortilla chips, kind of rolled up and then baked. rolled up. Yeah, and then okay, so passions. <laughs> <laughs> We're already off track. We didn't even start it. We're passions already episode off track. seventy, everyone. Oh. We're back for episode seventy, and it opens where Ethan is talking on the phone to the jeweler, and I was wrong. He was not looking to get. An appointment. The jeweler said he would get a selection of things together to show him, basically. Yeah, I think he's going to bring over, like, a few different things to for Ethan to look through. Because he's far too busy and important to actually <laughs> come down to the jeweler. Oh, Ethan's so busy. I haven't seen him at work once. Not one time. Except when he defended Sheridan at court. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, are you a criminal lawyer? And later in the day, Ethan's like, oh, I'm going to sit down and watch the game. Yeah. Like in this very episode. He, he, he doesn't so... work. He doesn't. He, he Whatever. So he's talking to the jeweler and Ivy overhears him talking about engagement rings and she's overjoyed. She's happy. She comes in and she goes, oh, I'm so glad that you're going to be proposing to Gwen. And he goes, who says it's for Gwen? <laughs> and Ivy is incensed. She goes the fuck off. She it, well, reveals it, it, a side of herself that I did not think was really there. It escalates. She goes crazy about well, this. And you know what? She has shown us that it's there. We just haven't seen this much of it. But she has definitely shown us glimpses of this. Yeah. For sure. She has shown us glimpses of, oh, the gold digging women and all that. She, we've seen a little bit of that. But it goes yeah. way darker than I expected. She tends to rein it in fairly quickly, but mm-hmm. I guess because it was just her and Ethan, she, she let, it all, let it all hang out. Yeah, <laughs> let a freak flag fly. Uh, I am not going to start sh- singing Shrek. Let your freak flag wave. Oh. Let your freak flag oh, about fly. them being in the... Never take it down. I don't down. know, I don't know Shrek. It's from the musical. I don't I know only Shrek know the musical I, that well. I just music directed it, so that's why it's yeah. in my head. All I know is that Lord Farquhar song and the yeah. Fiona song. Those are great songs. Yeah. The, actually, the Fiona song the, with the three Fionas. That's yeah, probably I love that song. One of the best ones in the whole show. Yeah. We're already, we're, again, we're off topic. Stop it. Stop it. You Stop brought up Shrek. It. You brought up Shrek. And Snickers. I didn't do it this time. I didn't do it this time. <laughs> okay. So, Ivy goes the fuck off. She goes off. She's like, what do you mean? Who, who else could it be for? He's like, I don't tell you everything, mother. <laughs> yes, mother. He's obviously like fucking with her you but know it, we knew that he was fucking with her but she had no clue and so she goes off on there are women who would seduce you for your money they don't care about you they just want a coin what are you doing if you marry the wrong person this will be the biggest mistake of your life and what about all the things that i've done for you to get you to this point i want the name of this tramp immediately yeah she's like who is this tramp 
Okay, Who Ivy. is she? How do you know her? How do you know she's not a gold digger? She pulls up a chair. She pulls <laughs> up a chair to like sit down next to Ethan just to like get on his eye level because he's sitting. He has sat down. She pulls up. I just, I noticed her pull up that chair and I was like. It's like detectives who try to mirror the uh, body language of the person they're interrogating to yeah. try and like get, get in their head and start to like build this level of trust that they'll unveil or reveal their secrets, you know? She, she she was going off mm. and she's like well it because actually before she started to really go off she's she was a little bit softer about it like who is this girl is she at least one of us oh yeah i forgot yeah, about that one of us <laughs> One of us. Is booga, she, booga, one of us. Is she at least one of us? He's like, one of us, mother. She says, you know what I mean. A person of a certain Breed. class. <laughs> like she, she couldn't get it. She was trying to find a good word yeah. that wasn't offensive, but she couldn't come up with one. And she's mm-hmm. just like, someone of our, you know, us. <laughs> She wanted to say like good breeding, as if yeah. They're oh, she says that horses. Does she come from a good family? Yeah, as if having money makes your family good. Right. Look at the cranes. Oh my gosh. Well, that's a thing, right? It's like there's a morality clause that's attached to your income and your wealth in this country, which is bonkers. Yeah, like having money doesn't make you good or bad. It just means that you have money. It just means you. How have How did money. you get that money? That's mm. going to tell me a lot more, more information about your character, now right? You, yep. And you know, I got a lot to say about that. Nobody yeah. becomes a billionaire without hurting a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Moving on. <laughs> so Ivy is going off, and finally Ethan is like. Well, first he says, whoa, I've never seen someone assume so much off of so little information, which I thought was a good line because I was like, yeah, "Yeah," because he didn't really say that much to her. Not at all. Yeah. All he said was, who says it's for Gwen? That's literally all he said. Who said that this ring that I'm considering buying is for Gwen? That's all he said. And all of a sudden his mother has decided that some tramp has seduced him for his money. Yeah. Like what? So eventually Ethan, I mean, he let her go off for a while. He really did. Yeah. She went off for a while. But he eventually is like, yeah. of course it's for Gwen. Like, of course I, there's no other woman, you know, you, you, but you really showed your ass, mother. Yeah, she had a, a meltdown, like a full-blown meltdown. She did. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. <laughs> all right, Tyra. <laughs> I love that moment. That's what Ivy's giving me those vibes in this episode and the episode where she was like, oh, all the things I've sacrificed for you. Yeah. yeah. She's giving me Tyra Banks vibes. Yeah. Yes. I get, I see what you're saying. I do. So after Ethan kind of lets his mother off the hook and is like, I was kidding. Just yanking your leg. It's all right. Don't worry. Is it yanking your chain and it's pulling your, your leg? Yep. That's I just it. combined them. It's yanking your chain and pulling your leg. Well, he was doing both. Uh, and basically she calms down. And uh, then Teresa and Pilar come in. No, they don't. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. But mm-hmm. first, we should talk about what they said. Yeah, we need to. So we need to go upstairs to talk about Teresa and Pilar before they come downstairs. Yes. Oh Lord. So if you recall, Teresa is over the moon because Ethan has said she's beautiful. Ethan said I'm beautiful. He also flirted with her very heavily. He did. What's up with these men hitting on children? I mean, look, I know she's like 16, 17, 
but that ain't legal, especially when he's like in his mid to late 20s. Like Mm-mm. that's messed up. Mm-mm. Well, Pilar says to Teresa, she says, I don't want you to ever be alone with Ethan again. Never yeah. be alone with this grown man again. Yeah. You know, that's a reasonable request yeah and of course Pilar's not saying it because she thinks that Ethan she doesn't think Ethan has any ideas or designs on her daughter but he might you never know Mm -hmm. but it's really to keep Teresa from Ethan yeah to keep Ethan from Teresa (laughs) you know little does she know little does she know that because that was inappropriate it was if Pilar had seen the interaction between her daughter and her uh, employer's son she would have been concerned yeah I think so so Pilar says to Teresa, because Teresa's over the moon, and she's like, basically her dream has been reinvigorated within her. Mm. And Pilar says the greatest thing. She says, poor girls dream of marrying a rich man, but rich men do not dream of marrying poor girls. I was like, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. That's so true. You might dream of marrying this rich man, but there's not like rich men sitting around like, ooh, I hope I find a poor girl to marry. <laughs> <laughs> rich, I mean, men sit around also hoping that they find a rich girl to marry. Everyone wants to marry. and, and Everyone have, wants to marry rich. Everyone wants to have an easier life, and the quickest way to an easier life is money. Yeah. I've been saying for a long time that my plan A is to marry rich. It has always been to marry rich. <laughs> And I will say that to the day I die, where I, and when I die, I probably will not have married rich. <laughs> It'll still still will be plan A. Keep that dream alive. Like keep that dream alive. Plan girl. A is to marry rich. But I will say, you know, Teresa's response to her mother in this moment is, you know, m- rich men don't walk around wanting to marry a poor girl, but they do walk around wanting to marry a beautiful girl. And Ethan said I was beautiful. Yep, he's like they do dream of. Marrying beautiful girls who are completely in love with them, which is Teresa. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she is absolutely stunning. Yeah. She is gorgeous. Oh, God. Standing next to Gwen. No. Like, there's no contest. You don't like Gwen. No, I, it's not that I don't like Gwen. I don't. It's not that I don't like Gwen. Although, again, I have seen this show, so I have, like, cert, there's certain characters that I do have some, like, feelings about based mm-hmm. on just knowing what they do later on Mm. and so i do have some negative feelings towards gwen but the truth is in this moment gwen is not the bad guy teresa's the bad guy and but to standing next to gwen especially with gwen's hair today yeah gwen gwen like went and had a blowout but it doesn't work it doesn't look good on her face yeah it like makes her face look long. I don't know. Yeah, because she's not an ugly woman. No, I don't not. want anybody to take no, that. No, 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 no. She's not an ugly woman. She's a beautiful woman. Everybody on this show's so beautiful. It's just that Teresa fucking glows. Yeah, she yeah. she's radiant. Yeah, I. <laughs> she's shocking to behold. Yeah. <laughs> like truly, yes. <laughs> I feel the same way every time Whitney comes on yeah. screen. I notice one more. It's like I can't take in all of her beauty in one like look it's like not every fair. time she walks on the, like the screen i noticed something about her that i didn't see before it's unreasonable it's, it's crazy it's unreasonable you don't get to be that pretty Ugh. who who do you think you are i guess i'm just i knew the trope that soap actors are among like the gods basically <laughs> but i didn't really watch soaps so yeah. i didn't know until this moment just how true it is yeah everyone is so attractive they're really good looking people. how is it possible i don't know all, them, them, oh, all in one show so what were we talking about well we were talking about Teresa and pilar <laughs> so uh, they do some recap and i'm not going to get into it because it's recap and at the end of it all Teresa looks at her mom and says look 
I have nothing against Gwen, but she's not the right girl for Ethan. I am. So she's. I agree, Teresa. I'm with Teresa. I don't have nothing against Gwen. I just said that. I don't have anything against Gwen. She's just not the one. She's just not the one. Yeah. (laughs) So Teresa's doubling down. She's back on the Ethan juice. Oh, God, Teresa. That sounded gross. I wish I hadn't said that. Oh, no. The Ethan. I didn't think anything of it. The Ethan juice. Yeah. Now I can't think of anything other than that. Oh, gross. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. So, Teresa and Pilar go downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. And they interrupt Ivy and Ethan, who are in the living room, talking about Ethan's soon-to-be engagement. And what happens? Well, Ivy is now thrilled. She's done a 180. So she went from being super pissed off to being super excited about this in- imminent proposal. And so she tells Teresa all about it. Teresa and Pilar all about it. And uh, Teresa's face falls. Yeah. Absolutely falls. Yeah. She Teresa looks really sad. And then Pilar kind of holds her tight, pulls her closer into her side. And Pilar says, oh, that's great. That's great, Mrs. Crane. I'm glad to hear that Ethan will be soon getting married and he's like she's like isn't that great Teresa isn't this great Teresa she like starts elbowing her yeah <laughs> she's like, come on and Pilar says we'll be sure to give our congrats to Gwen when we see her and Ethan says not so fast I haven't even proposed to her yet mm. and Teresa says out loud I still have time <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck how did nobody hear that I still have time. I still have time. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, how did nobody hear that? I don't know. I think maybe Pilar did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like an aside to the audience. Yeah. No one else on stage hears it, but yeah. the audience knows what's going on. Oh, Lord. Yeah. So uh, Ethan and I are like, please keep this to yourself. It's going to be a surprise. Nobody else knows, but, you know, we're just so happy we had to share the good news. And uh, somehow Ivy starts giving advice so here's well yeah i don't i kind of zoned out a little bit here i do remember (laughs) ethan was talking to Teresa and saying that he decided to take the plunge of marrying gwen or proposing to gwen because of her and that was devastating to her she was like you did this because of me (laughs) she's like you're gonna do this because of me and he's like yeah because you uh fantasize about your wedding and here i and you don't even have anybody to get married to and here i am with this wonderful person and i'm like twiddling my thumbs basically and then ivy's like well Teresa's marriage won't be too far off look at her she's so beautiful don't tell me you don't have a boyfriend she does the same thing ethan did to her upstairs mm-hmm. now they're just doing it downstairs <laughs> and telling her how beautiful she is and that any surely she has lots of boyfriends and shit like that well and then she goes on to say you know Teresa, you could have anyone you want you just have to pick basically keep your eye on the prize pick your person uh, ex- execute a plan of action and make it happen. Never give up on them. Never give up. Girl, Ivy, you are giving advice who you are going to re- regret yeah. giving this advice. You like, basically just gave Teresa the green light. That's what I said. I gave her the green light. You gave her the go ahead yeah. to ruin your plans. Yeah. And marry your son. Oh my gosh. And she is not of your social set. 
Nope. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Let's see how much she likes Teresa when she's her in-law. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. boy. Her daughter-in-law. Yeah. So I- Ivy then asks Ethan, she goes, okay, so this is all great. And are you going to propose to Gwen tonight when you take her to the theater tonight? And he's like, oh, actually, I'm not going to the theater tonight because Gwen has to work. I'm, pl- I'm just going to stay home and watch the ball game. And Ivy needs to get Ethan out of the fucking house. Yeah. She's like, uh, no, you can't stay here. What are you talking about? You got to leave. She's like, I because, have a dinner. Yeah, because the Russells and the Bennets are coming, and she yeah. doesn't want Ethan there for that. No. At all. Uh, yeah. So she's like, well, you can still go. He's like, who am I supposed to go with? And he's like, She's like, well, you could go with Teresa, of course. Oh, my God. (laughs) Ivy, are you kidding me? She just told Teresa to go chase whatever her romantic dreams are and then is sending her on a date with her son to the ballet for, like, a benefit. So they're going to get all dressed up and look good. Yeah, and the thing is, it's the Russian ballet and that she said, and – Ethan was like, well, why don't you go, mother? Why don't you use the tickets or whatever? And she was like, well, I already saw them. I already saw them in Boston. And are we to believe that this, the Russian ballet is coming to Harmony? No. No, they couldn't possibly Because immediately when she was like, they're going to the theater, I was like, okay, so they're going to drive to Boston and go to the theater and do yeah. some stuff because it's nearby. The, I, the Russian ballet is not coming to Harmony. It's not happening. Maybe it's a Russian ballet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I uh, can promise you that. That would make sense for them to be in Boston. Maybe she, I don't know. Maybe she's already saw them once in Boston and now they're back in Boston again. Again, maybe. So, of course, Teresa's over the moon. She's like, oh, I'd love to go. And Pilar's like, my daughter can't go. <laughs> and Ivy's like, why Why ever not, Pilar? Why can't her? You know what? Why is Ivy even pressing the issue? That's not her fucking kid. If if it was, if the roles were reversed and she said, no, Ethan can't go, no one could tell her, like, no, well, actually, and be pushy with her about it. Ivy, I'm seeing, has, has lived a life getting what she wants no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so she just keeps pushing until she gets what she wants. And she did that with the dinner with the Bennetts and the Russells. And she did it to the, to the point of like embarrassment. Like she, she looked terrible mm-hmm. and she didn't seem to notice or even care, you know, and she's doing it again here. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, I don't know. I actually have a friend who's, who's like that. Really? She doesn't, it's, and I don't think she realizes that she's doing it. Um, but she'll just be like, someone will say no. She'll be like, but why? We could do this and this and this. And like, she'll, like, she just, I don't know. Hmm. Doesn't see it for whatever reason. Yeah, she's being really pushy about it, even though Pilar said no. She's like, I'm sorry, Mrs. Crane, but my daughter, my daughter cannot go to the ballet with your grown-ass son on a school night. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. And Ivy keeps pressing, and she says, well, why not? And Pilar says, well, she surely they would need to be for informal dress and she just doesn't have anything like that and she'd be and, out of place and she would be out my daughter would be out of place and she you know in a place like that she's a teenager why would you be sending her to a benefit and to stand in for you and then Teresa says well actually you know I can probably put something together you know something simple but Ivy says no your mother's right you you need something appro you would definitely need an appropriate gown. I know you can just borrow one of 
Ethan's sister's gowns. You're about their size. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so Ivy gets her way again. Again. And and Teresa gets her date. Oh my god. With Ethan Crane. In to the to the Bolshoi. Like, yeah, right. I mean, what? And oh, what's the ballet they're doing? Oh, Cinderella. <laughs> I forgot. They're doing Cinderella. They're doing Cinderella. I thought it was going to be Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> but that's a tragic that, ending. Well, so. and then, well, it'd be on theme with her love of. Uh, well, that's what I thought. Uh, what's that movie she likes so much? Gone with the Wind. They're doing Gone with the Wind, the ballet. <laughs> the ballet. Do, 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 do. Yeah, <laughs> it's seventeen hours long. <laughs> a ballet epic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Ring. You just got to keep coming back every Sunday. Oh my god! <laughs> Go to the ballet every weekend for a month. Yeah. All right. right. So that's basically it at the Crane Cranchin. Yep, at the Crane Cranchin. Should we go to the book cafe? Sure, that sounds beautiful. Yeah, let's go to the book cafe. I want to talk about these people over here. Let's do it. Okay. So over at the book cafe, Whitney is dressed like a social worker. And I I know exactly what social workers look like are dressed like in the 90s because my mother was a social worker in the 90s. So was my mom. And sh- and this girl was in a fucking turtleneck and like... Social worker pants. In social worker pants and like loafers. What? Luckily, she's so goddamn gorgeous. It doesn't matter. Look, Whitney was walking around in a half shirt until today. <laughs> and then she showed up and all of a sudden was a career woman. Yeah. Well, and yesterday she's wearing spaghetti straps and today she's in a turtleneck. What season is it, Passions? Yeah. yeah. The weather's getting cold. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to let it go. I swear I am. So Whitney's dressed like a social worker and she's getting some coffee from Beth. And she tells Beth about how she got knocked down by some guy outside of the police benefit. And get this, my sister actually likes him. (laughs) <laughs> and Beth is like, well, sisters are like that sometimes. A lot of times you'll like someone that she won't like, and she'll like someone that you won't like. That's not what's happening here, no, Beth. No. I have to say, Beth seems like a really nice person. Beth's all right for now. Oh, oh, oh boy. Yeah. Beth is going to get into some shit later on. Beth, Beth is like Teresa in some ways. Mm. Yeah. Okay. But, but she's in her like late 20s early 30s yeah so it's like kind of unacceptable it's much more acceptable when it's she does a kid some, beth, i remember one thing specifically that beth does beth does some shit she beth pulls some shit well she's gonna have to pull some shit if we're gonna last for 10 years you know beth pulls some shit but uh but right now she's really sweet she, and she, gives, she is a sweet person she actually says reasonable things that like make sense and is nice to everybody but actually has some substance behind it yeah and, like i mean you just told me that that will be changing but for right she's now nice. she's nice i think she's overall she's a nice person i think her character is a nice person but she ha- will have that same mentality that like they're pushing on to like simone Mm. that kind of thing that they're mm. trying to make some turn Simone into into right now mm-hmm. you know that they're hinting at at least yeah. um so yeah Beth's all right for now and ch- so Whitney goes takes her coffee over to sit down and opens up her tennis magazine mm-hmm. to do some studying and then Chad enters and comes up and he orders a coffee and a croissant and it was it comes up to be like three dollars and twenty five cents or something like that like yeah. three fifty he gets the receipt Beth's putting together his order and stuff he gets the receipt and he's like oh I think you made a mistake and she's like no that's how much it costs and he's like oh well I guess 
never mind, I'll come back later. And she's like, hey, how about you at least take some coffees on the house? And he's like, well, I don't need any handouts, you know. And he's like, what? She's like, well, I could use a little help around here. Like, you, you want to work for a shift today? And he's like, only if I can change your music. <laughs> <laughs> so he does. He goes and he looks at the CDs and he turns off the horrible shit that was playing and puts in some new horrible horrible shit. shit. It sounds the same. I was like, okay, whatever passions. Yeah. It's, so <laughs> it's music. But now Chad has music. But now Chad has a job at the book cafe. Just like that. Just like that. Snaps his fingers and he works so at the book easy cafe. To get a little job in harmony. Yeah. So Beth is like, you know, and it wasn't so easy. Remember to well, Teresa kept getting job after job. Yes, yeah, she got three <laughs> jobs. But uh, but anyway, so Chad now has a job, and Beth is like, go around and refill people's coffees, and and uh, step two, right? Earn your money, earn yeah. your keep, bust some tables, do some stuff. So yeah. he walks over to Whitney, who he does not recognize, and he just goes like, "Do you need a refill?" And she's looking down at her magazine, and she goes, "Oh no, thank you." She doesn't even look up look up at him, and then he looks over her shoulder and says, "Oh, is that tennis?" And she looks up at him and says, yeah, it is. Do you play? She's, like, excited to have a conversation about tennis with this guy. And he looks back down at her and he's like, nah, man, that's white people stuff. <laughs> <laughs> to which Whitney replies, uh, have you ever heard of Venus Williams or her sister? Bitch, you mean Serena? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, back then, Venus was, like, the bigger star she yeah. was. But they both were really big and really um, – important players but they yeah. became really important in like 2000 2001 2002 yeah. 2003 yeah but then serena took the fuck off she left venus kind of in the dust yeah yeah it's crazy that, reversal. it's just funny to look back on it look back at 1999 and she's like ever heard of venus williams or her <laughs> sister her sister or her sister it's like most people would say ever heard of venus and serena yeah exactly or her sister or her sister well, how, when's the last time you think serena williams was referred to as venus williams's sister I I don't know. It was it was. It's weird. crazy. Can you imagine? It'd be like, uh, what's Britney Spears' sister? Jamie. Jamie Lynn. Jamie, it'd be like, oh yeah, you know Jamie Lynn, and her sister. <laughs> yeah, Jamie Lynn. Jamie, Jamie Lynn, Lynn Spears, Spears and sister. her sister. Yeah. yeah it it felt just, like that. It's just funny to me. It's just a funny little thing that little quirky thing that nobody noticed in 1999 because it wasn't. It didn't matter. And yeah. now it's like what? Yeah. <laughs> It aged in an interesting way. Serena Williams, the greatest of the, of all the, time, goat, the goat. The fucking goat. The goat, yeah. All right. So yeah, but Whitney goes off and she lists like five or six tennis players. Mm-hmm. And Chad is like, whatever. <laughs> and then he takes it as an invitation and sits down next to her. Well, no. What happened is she insulted him and that's why he sat down. What happened oh, yeah. was... He, you would know he, a lifetime goal if you fell over yeah, it. Yeah, if you fell over it. Yeah. And we know that Chad has this goal of being a musician, a music producer, and he's really passionate about it. So I think that's what prompted him to sit his ass down next to her and teach her what's what, mm. you know, just to make her not, maybe not um, prejudge him, you know. Mm-hmm. So he sits down and he says, oh, you like this song that's playing? And she's like, yeah, I guess. Like she's like, it sounds the same as what it was playing before. It's a fine <laughs> song, Chad. Anyway, he he's like, you like this song, and then he tells her about how she, he helped produce on it and stuff. She's like, I mixed this track. This is my song. 
But she doesn't believe him. And why would she? She doesn't believe him. She's like, I'll believe it when your name is on the CD jacket. Yeah. And then Chad kind of tells her what happened to him in L.A. And she's like, you punched the producer, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, and I would do it again. And then he got up and walked away. Yeah. And he goes over to Beth. She pays him $20 for his hard 30 seconds of work. And he leaves. (laughs) He was not there very long. No. And she gave him $20. I mean, he told Whitney his, like, story, you know. But he didn't do any work. He didn't do any work, no. (laughs) He didn't do any work. And Whitney had, like, one cup of coffee. Coffee. He, He was there long enough. For Whitney to have a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And she paid him $20. Yeah. Yes, she did. Well, so, you know, he doesn't like a handout. Yeah. He doesn't want a handout. He just wants to, a handout that is <laughs> called something else. <laughs> well, so Beth pays him. He heads out. He's like, I got to go to dinner with Simone at her house. Mm-hmm. On his way out, though, uh, He goes out the door and Whitney like chases him out because she's offended by something he said to her, kind of, I guess. I didn't see what the exchange was. She recognized, she finally realizes that that was the guy who knocked her down. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, so he he leaves. Whitney has realized that that guy that she was talking to was the same guy who knocked her to the ground and ripped her favorite pair of pants. Yeah. So as he leaves the book cafe, she chases after him and insists that he pay for her pants. It's yeah, like, she's like, you're not going anywhere until you pay for my pants. Like, good luck. He uh, he has $23 now. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be able to buy you a new pair of pants, Whitney. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So he he's like standing there it, that's how we leave them or does he leave oh no he does leave i remember because he's like whatever i got somewhere to be yeah yeah he's like i got somewhere to be and he yeah. leaves and i'm like yeah her house yeah you have her house to be at. <laughs> that's where you're gonna be yeah oh yeah so let's go to the hospital okay yeah should mm-hmm. we shall we go to the hospital let us so at the hospital chad has talked to simone and simone tells him to come over for dinner at six then he heads his ass off to go get a little snack before but, dinner. But then Kay is like, we should push dinner later. Remember? Because Simone originally has it a little earlier. Yeah, Simone and says like, six. We've got to push it to 630. We need to make sure that your parents are clear that they're going to be gone for the evening for their dinner at the Cranes. That way we have the whole night to spend with our favorite boys. Yeah. Because the girls don't know that their parents are planning an early dinner at the Cranes. Yeah. So we're setting up for a very interesting evening at the Russell House. At the Russell Home, for sure. She pushes a 6.30, and then the very next scene that I have written is Eve and Grace talk about their early dinner at the Cranes. Yep, exactly right. (laughs) And and about the street kid. Eve keeps talking about this street kid that keeps bothering her daughter. Eve has to know something. She can't just feel this way from one cursory glance. In this scene, it seemed like she didn't know. In this scene, it it seemed to me, this was the first time where I looked at it and I was like, oh, well, maybe she is just like trying to keep her kids away from boys. Yeah. The wrong sort of boys, you know. Um, This was the only scene, like before it did, she had like a little weird look in her eye. But this scene to me, it was kind of the way she talked to Grace about it was like they were just two moms who were worried about their kids. You know? Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That makes sense because I, I don't know. The more Eve opens up and the more we learn, the more it seems like something happened to her in her late teen, early 20 years where she got involved with the wrong person. Yeah. Um, 
because she is talking with Grace about how how different Whitney and Simone are and how she doesn't really have those worries about Whitney, but she's very uh, concerned about Simone being boy crazy and she's worried what could happen to her. Yeah, and she kind of makes it like, so. she goes, Whitney's a lot like TC, level-headed and goal-oriented and she's got a good head on her shoulders, but Simone is different and she says these different things about Simone, boy crazy, all these things, right? Secretive. And Grace says to Eve, she says, well, it's so, you said that Eve's a, uh, that Whitney's a lot like TC. That sounds a lot like you. And I think Eve's having a hard time telling Grace, no, I'm a lot like Simone. Yeah. And that's why she's worried about Simone. She's yep. like, when I, I think in her head, she sees a lot of herself in Simone, especially at that age. I 100% agree. Because Grace even says to Eve, you know, I thought you were always just being sensitive about the fact that I don't remember anything from my past and that's why you don't talk about your past or like that's why you don't talk about the time before we met and became friends. But I'm realizing that I don't really know much about you from that time, Mm -hmm. you know. And she, so she, she doesn't really pry or push, but she just is pointing it out that Eve is a, has a lot of secrets that the people in her life don't really know much about her yeah. or, or how she kind of got where she is. Yeah. So they kind of talk about that, talk about Simone a lot. Outside, Miguel, <laughs> Kay invites Miguel over and he says no initially. Right. He's like, nah, I want to stay with Charity. And then she kind of is like, well, what if you come over and we can make a plan? It'll be better for charity if you come to our come over for dinner and we can work together to come up with a plan more so than if you just stayed here by her side doing nothing. Yeah. And then also he says to them, <laughs> basically he's like, maybe there's something to that whole dark forces thing that Charity's mom was always screaming about. <laughs> but they don't have a conversation about it. No. He just says it. He just says it so nonchalantly. It made, it made me laugh so hard. Maybe there's something to these whole dark forces things. I wonder what it could be. Well, so Miguel's going to go over to their house. They're all These two girls are planning it to ensnare these boys. Mm-hmm. And little do they know that their parents will be at the house as well yeah this is all gonna get all fucked up uh i do have to mention though that Kay calls simone and tells her to get strawberries and chocolate oh before she leaves yeah, or is she's that like, what it is she yeah tells she's like she make sure to get strawberries and chocolate because they're turn-on foods the what number one turn-on foods <laughs> they're the number one turn-on foods and it's like is it stra- chocolate-covered strawberries, or is it, like, strawberries are number one and chocolate is number two? Are they one and two? Are they tied? I'm not sure because... For number one? Because at the very end of the episode, like, we have one little scene at Simone's house where she's eating a strawberry, and this is what I was I was conflating. She calls Kay and says, I'm eating a strawberry now, and it's working. It's These working. These boys better get over here soon. It's working already. <laughs> number oh, one how, turn on food. How cringy. How cringy is that? So I guess the last thing we need to talk about is Tabitha. Tabitha and Timmy. Let's go to Tabitha's house. What's Tabitha doing? Tabitha is looking longingly into her bowl, her rain bowl, where she used to be able to see visions of the future but uh her powers are gone so she can't see shit and timmy is 
thawing out under a blanket. Because remember, she uh, he was just rescued from the morgue. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Never my thought I'd say that. Yeah, well, there's a lot of things you feel like you never would say until you watch Passion. Number one turn on foods. Number one turn on foods. <laughs> we said a lot of things just in this episode. But uh, Tabitha's looking at her rainbow. She's kind of sad because she can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then... Timmy says to her, well, Tabitha, it's okay, right? Because uh, Charity can't remember anything. And if she can't remember anything, then she's not a threat, right? And Tabitha looks at him and says, as long as Charity breathes, she's a threat. She has to die. That was a, okay, Tabitha. It was good. It was very good. Charity has to die. Because at the end of the day, Charity might not know that she has powers. But the powers are still there, and every day as she grows stronger and as she grows older, her powers grow stronger and come closer to, like, fruition, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, she is growing stronger by the day. And then Tabitha is like, she'll find out that I started the fire? Like, how? 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 How would she know? How? She was dead asleep. She was dead asleep. There's no evidence left in the house. It's yeah. burned all the way down to the the foundation. And also, she started the fire while she was in dog form, yeah, like as fighting a dog. with Faith. And the candle just like fell into a box of packing materials. Like it was almost accidental. That three hundred year old painting is burned up. There's no face of evil painting anymore. Right. You know why? How? How would Tabitha be? I, whatever. I don't know. But either way, it basically reaffirms Tabitha's belief that she has to kill Charity. Mm-hmm. So she has another idea. An epiphany, really. Yeah. It comes to her like you see the light <laughs> light up, the giant light bulb light up above her head. And she goes over to her trunk and starts pulling out an endless length of black fabric. Yeah. It's like one of those clown handkerchief situations where yeah. they just keep pulling, 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 pulling. It was a lot of black fabric. And I was like, what is she doing? And then she begins to sew something on her antique sewing machine. And you're like, what the fuck is she sewing? And meanwhile, Timmy has found a weight and is trying to lift weights so he can bulk up to beat up uh, Fluffy. Fluffy the cat. And they show a weird like training montage for Timmy, like a fantasy where he's super fucking buff. I'm telling you, man, they have decided that Timmy is like comedic relief, (laughs) but instead of weaving him into the storyline in any meaningful way, (laughs) they just keep showing weird Timmy montages. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Well, so he kind of snaps out of it and Tabitha is like, I've got the perfect thing. And she comes in and she's in a nun's habit. And she introduces herself as Sister Mary Merciless. Sis- <laughs> now introducing Sister Mary Merciless. Coming to the stage. Ugh. And Timmy's like, wow, that's a great costume. You look good. Like, she won't recognize you. But you don't quite look like a nun. You're missing something. Ah, you're missing that cross around your neck. That's what it is. To which Tabitha balks. She's like, hell no. I, she's like, even I have standards. I don't do crosses. <laughs> yeah. Well, remember that last time Father Lonigan put his cross up it, out in front of her car and she started to like melt. <laughs> well, he also had the holy water. Yeah. But she was just like, ah, ah. 
<laughs> and uh, so she's dressed as a nun. But we also get a random Father Lonigan moment at this point. Yeah, I think that's partly why they included the cross business with a flashback of Father Lonigan so that they could then take us to the church. Yeah, and he's standing next to that statue. And that statue is crying again. I hope we have another visit from the angel. She'll be back. I can't She'll wait. She'll be back. Soon you'll see. You'll remember you belong to me. All right. So that's it. And just in the nick of time, because our neighbors have started their music. Club passion. <laughs> so loud. Um, I think, yeah. That's it, right? Yeah. Well, Tabitha tells Timmy to, do, to dig a grave for charity. Yep. So that's pretty dark. That's very dark. But we, it's not going to happen. No. It's not going to happen. No, Charity's probably going to live forever. Yep. I'm going to live forever. I'm going to learn how to fly fame. Charity. <laughs> All right. So that's the end of our episode. Thank you again for listening. Are more and more people are listening to the podcast. I'm loving it. I don't know if you are telling your friends and family to listen. And if you are, thank you. But it is working. Please keep doing it. Because yeah. our listenership is like starting to exponentially increase. Grow a lot. So it's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Remember, check out passionspodcast.com. There's going to be some forum stuff going on. And we've got merch out there. So check that out. T-shirts and tote bags. Yeah. And don't worry, it's not with our faces on it. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> no, we've got our restaurant series up and ready to go. So definitely take a look. Grab a little grab a little something for yourself. And uh, check out our social media. We are on TikTok. We are on Facebook. And we are on Instagram at Passions Podcast. And you can always send us an email. Good old-fashioned email. Yeah. PassionsPodcast at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. It helps us out a lot. It makes us really happy. That's how it helps us. It makes us happy. It makes us happy. You wouldn't want us to do this podcast in dour moods. Oh, no. Can you imagine how long? It would just be like one sad recap. Duh, and then duh. they do this. And then mm. they did this other thing. No, nah, we got to be peppy. Yeah. Our commentary and our content so just depends like, on our happiness. So leave us a little review <laughs> and it'll make us so happy because we rely on others for our happiness. Yep, because doesn't. we're healthy, functioning 30-somethings. It doesn't come from within. No. <laughs> Fuck that. All right. <laughs> Let's sing it, all right? I think we're losing it. I'm done. Yeah. Here we go. You are my passion for life.